Another coronavirus case at a northern Taiwan hospital was reported Sunday, bringing the total number of those in the hospital's COVID cluster to four. This latest case is a doctor who is believed to have contracted the virus after chatting with the first doctor infected in the group. The new case was also attending a class outside the hospital. The good news is, among the 76 people listed as his contacts, 74 have already tested negative. A fourth person has become part of a coronavirus cluster at a hospital in northern Taiwan. Once again, a doctor has contracted the virus. Case number 856 is a local case. He was in contact with number 838, who is a doctor, and they worked at the same hospital. On January 10th, he came in contact with number 838. At first, he tested negative. But as number 852, a nurse, was confirmed to have the illness yesterday, all of her contacts were tested once more and his test came out positive. An investigation by epidemic specialists found that the latest doctor to be infected, number 856, was wearing a surgical mask and number 838 was wearing an N95 mask. It was likely he was infected when he and his colleague were talking face to face. But since the whole chat lasted no more than 10 minutes, it has not been ruled out that the second doctor may have contracted the disease in the hospital environment. As to whether the transmission was via the environment, I don't dare to say there definitely was not one. Only that at this current juncture, we don't have this kind of evidence to show it was caused by this kind of situation. Epidemic specialists are tracing the steps of case number 856. What is certain is that he was attending a class outside the hospital and the CECC addressed this issue. He was attending a class outside the hospital. Aside from the classmates he came in contact with in the relevant environment, we expanded and carried out tracing for all those who used the venue in those few days. There's a total of 379 people. 370 students and nine teachers. On January 15th and 16th, we completed telephone interviews and reminded them of things to be aware of. Based on how close they were seated to him in the classroom, we've tested 76 people. 74 have tested negative and two tests have not come out yet. In response to the expansion of this hospital coronavirus cluster, the CECC is reviewing its definition of close contacts. Now, if anyone has been in contact with the confirmed case, they are not permitted to go to work. In particular, if they have symptoms, they must notify the authorities immediately. CECC head Chen Shijung has also requested that doctors and nurses be more alert. People are now questioning why the government has not closed this hospital, which the CECC has only divulged that it's located in northern Taiwan. So far, the hospital has emptied the floor where the infections occurred, with the rest of the building remaining in operation. The head of the CECC, Chen Shizhong, offered the following explanation. We haven't considered sealing off the hospital because all the infections likely came from case number 838 in the first wave and the first wave has been under active control. 
Many in medical circles have also said that closing down the hospital was not a good idea. They think such closure would deal a serious blow to the hospital's capabilities to carry out daily treatment, depriving ordinary patients of proper medical care. The recent uptick in local transmissions of COVID-19 has caused concern across the country. But getting a private test for the virus can be a time-consuming affair. Now the Ministry of Health and Welfare's Taipei Hospital is offering a much quicker one-stop test, which takes just 30 minutes. Medical professionals prepare to administer a COVID screening. A private test can take hours to complete. But now the MOHW Taipei Hospital is offering a one-stop quick screening that's done in 30 minutes. Our main goal was to simplify the movement of patients inside the hospital. We can complete this test fully in this area and make it easier for patients to come and get the service. The old system took you from reception to an outpatient clinic and then into the emergency room for the test. Hanging around in the hospital increased visitors' chance of catching an infection. On January 6th, Taipei Hospital opened this one-stop testing center. For 5,000 or 7,000 NT, you can roll up at the reception counter and get tested straight away if you have your documents to hand. Then go home and wait a day or two for your results. We're getting quite a lot of enthusiastic telephone inquiries at the moment. We have dozens of inquiries a day. That shows we have to continue to keep up the levels of testing we offer. Over 100 people have expressed interest in the service and more than 40 people have completed the test. Most needed to go abroad for work or study. I need to go abroad for work and I heard they were doing this one-stop test at the hospital here. I thought the speed of it was quite fast and effective. It's quite convenient. You don't have to wait at the hospital so you can reduce your exposure to that environment. The test is efficient and convenient, but doctors stress that few people need to get tested. Following good health protocols is all most of us need to worry about. Political analysts say confrontations between the opposition KMT and the ruling DPP will likely get more intense and polarized after DPP Taoyuan City Councillor Wang Haoyu was recalled over the weekend. Independent Kaohsiung City Councillor Huang Jie, who was a leading critic of former KMT presidential candidate Han Guoyu, will also face a recall vote next month. In addition, the KMT is trying to impeach lawmakers that supported the import of American meat containing the additive rectopamine. There's also a referendum in the works to overturn the government's decision to allow such imports. After he was successfully recalled Saturday, the Facebook page of Taoyuan City Councillor Wang Haoyu of the DPP was bombarded by members of the public who opposed him leaving him with no option but to change his Facebook settings so that only friends would be allowed to post messages. Taiwan is a free and democratic country. Elections and recalls are rights granted to the people by our constitution. We all respect the outcome. The greatest significance in successfully recalling Wang is that it symbolises that the people are their own masters. Particularly with the ruling party leaders or ruling party politicians, it can tell them one thing, only the people are the real masters. Following Wang's recall, next month Kaohsiung City Councillor Huang Jie will also face a recall vote. 
The KMT and its allies are also pushing for recalls of legislators who support the government's decision to open up to American pork imports containing the additive ractopamine. Moreover, the opposition party wants to hold a referendum on this government decision in August. Wang Dun, an exiled Chinese democracy activist, warned the DPP that the political change of power in the US would not be beneficial for Taiwan, that Tsai government could soon be attacked externally and internally. Observers are also concerned that initiating these kind of revenge recalls could lead to extreme confrontations between the KMT and DPP in future. Confrontations between political parties are absolutely not a good thing. And political struggles just for the sake of politicking are not something that people would view positively. So if political machinations go overboard, it will be the political parties themselves that will be damaged. So personally, I've always thought political competition should be rational. Recalls have become a means of political attacks. Probably the biggest issue facing the ruling party before the 2022 municipal elections is reducing the impact of Wang's recall on government affairs and the election itself. The 25th Asian Television Awards wrapped up over the weekend. Due to the pandemic, the event took place simultaneously online in Singapore, Beijing, Thailand and Kuala Lumpur. Formosa Television took the prize in three categories after being shortlisted in 15 a few months earlier. FTV was recognized for Best Actress, Terrestrial Broadcaster of the Year and Best News Program, which was a story on the nation's fight against coronavirus produced by Formosa News. And the winner is... Terrestrial Broadcaster of the Year. Formosa Television made the shortlist in 15 categories, ahead of the 25th Asian Television Awards. At the ceremony, out of the 15, it won Best News Program, Best Actress in a Leading Role, and the competition's highest honour, Terrestrial Broadcaster of the Year. FTV's strength once again took the spotlight on the world stage. Thank you very much to get this award, and it's our honour to get it. And we are so surprised. Uh, this is the third time we get it. And uh, the first time, so surprised. Second time, surprised too. Third time, even more surprised. And uh, we work hard. And uh, this, our TV station, the background is our TV stations. So you are welcome to come to visit us. And our, our TV station cover news and uh, uh, drama, also the variety show, all kind of, uh, just like the old terrestrial stations. A hysterical Li Yoru played the wife of an immigrant worker in the drama The Rootless. Her emotions stirred upon hearing that she had won Best Actress. I want to thank the Lord and thank FTV. Thanks Phoenix Talent Company and all those who've helped me and supported me. In addition to drama, FTV's news programs also shone in this year's competition. The frontline heroes of Taiwan's response to COVID-19 are the nurses who work in quarantine wards. With clear delivery from the news anchors and professional in-depth reporting, Formosa News's program, Faces of the Coronavirus Fight, investigated how Taiwan turned a crisis into opportunity. Whether it was epidemic prevention or topics related to the presidential election, FTV News stood out among a crowded field of competitors. 
As we fight COVID-19, we are also fighting the good fight for journalism. With its outstanding performance in both news and drama, FTV was able to take the world stage once again. If you think you've seen all Taipei has to offer, think again. You may have visited all the famous landmarks in urban Taipei, but do you know what relics are lurking in the surrounding hills? If you want to discover some hidden gems, Chen Yingqing is your man. Since retiring from the publishing business, Chen has dedicated himself to exploring his city by bicycle. Through his many trips, he's formed a biking club where members enjoy the stunning beauty of Taipei's less beaten paths. Our Sunday special report. The first time I came here and saw the scenery, I sat over here for one hour. I didn't want to leave. This is the lookout with the best views that I have come across in my trips around Greater Taipei. It overlooks the city's landmarks. This is Chen, an avid biker nicknamed Old Cat. After retiring from the publishing business, he left his days between bookshelves behind to explore Greater Taipei on two wheels. Back in the day, Yuyonghe sailed in through the Tamsui River's estuary to this place, which back then was known as the Guandu Pass. He would have seen an extremely narrow path through the mountains. Once he sailed through, he was greeted by this vast open space, a lake as far as the eye could see. Back then, this area was known as the Kongxi Taipei Lake. Mountains encircled the Taipei Basin, where many rivers converged to the sea. But as Taipei grew and modernized, its residents gradually forgot the city's original appearance. Taipei prospered thanks to its rivers, and the mountains gave it its grandeur. If you don't ride a bicycle and you always stick to flat roads, you forget that Taipei was once a city deeply intertwined with its mountains and waterways. Nowadays, buses and the MRT form the backbone of Taipei's transport networks. Add cars in the mix, and no place is ever out of reach. But speeding about the city comes at the cost of missing out on a more profound experience. One of the trails I bike on is called the History and Development of Taipei. I link up Xinjuang Old Street, Monga, Da Daochang, and Da Longdong into one route. It happens to match up quite well with the order in which the different old streets in Greater Taipei developed. The bike tours take participants to breathtaking sights. It all started with Chen riding alone. Now he leads a bike club that has gained more than 1,200 members in just over a year. Over here, we can see a lot of mosaics that look like old vinyl covers. That's because last century, before CDs were invented, Sanchong was the main hub for vinyl production in Taiwan. As part of Chen's bike club, you can ride a bicycle while learning about history. Members from all walks of life have joined. The oldest cyclist in the club is Liu Pingfa, who's 76 years old. When you bike, the muscles on the leg, the quads, they get conditioned. I'm old, so I can't avoid feeling some pain and soreness in my joints. But if I cycle, I can recover from pain faster than if I weren't exercising. 
Leo's bicycle is more than 20 years old and has joined him in many a challenging ride. A bicycle expands your scope of activity. You can cover more distance than by walking or hiking. When it's not raining, I ride my bike to Danshui, Maokong or Wulai. They are all beautiful places. The youngest in the group is still in middle school. My dad thinks biking is great and he really hoped I would go cycle. So I joined this bike club. Every time we go out, it's very rewarding. We don't just bike. We also hear about the history of the places. Martin Zhang is one of the club's enthusiastic volunteers. Before the club sets off on adventures, he helps newcomers make sure their bikes are shipshape. Today, the route starts at Jiang Weishui Memorial Square, then continues uphill along Chongde Road. Chen says the slope isn't too steep, making it a great route for training. Here, you can also find the biggest burial grounds in Taipei. Follow the road and you pass the Muslim Cemetery, the Baichongxi Cemetery, and a graveyard for victims of the White Terror. One of the better-known figures buried here is woodcut artist Huang Rongcan, who carved an iconic print about the February 20th incident. Huang Rongcan was a, was a woodblock artist. He carved a print portraying the 228 incident called The Terrible Inspection. It shows his feelings at the moment of the inspection. He was later arrested. Taipei is surrounded by hillsides dotted with tombs, from which former residents watch over their descendants. Across from us is the Tamsui River. To the left is the Guanyin Mountain Ridge. To the right is the mountain behind the Wugu Xiyun Temple. Put in feng shui terms, the Azure Dragon is on the left and the White Tiger is on the right. Behind us is the main peak of Guanyin Mountain. In front of it is the Tamsui River, which brings in prosperity and riches. So many graves and tombs enjoy very favorable feng shui. Over these years of visits to these cemeteries, I came up with a very detailed itinerary I call Taipei's Pantheon. You can bike from mountain to mountain and visit different eras and leaders. Former revolutionaries, politicians, thinkers, and people in the arts and culture, people who made contributions in different fields. We're a bunch of tomb raiders going from one spot to another, and getting to each spot is hardly a piece of cake. You have to carry your bicycle and lug it uphill to see the more famous people. Why is that? Graveyards aren't usually located in the plains. They are mostly up in the mountains, in places with good open views and with good feng shui. These kinds of places are often on mountaintops. 
Most people try to stay clear of graveyards. For Chen, they are an interesting place to explore with his bike buddies. 就是台北的郊区那边的蒙阿波，他那边就是讲有关白色恐怖的。On the outskirts of Taipei, he tells about the history of the White Terror, from the memorial arches to the tombstones. I've learned so many things. During the bike trips, you really want to see things you don't usually see. So I think this kind of real-life learning experience can teach children so much more than they would glean from the facts alone. Besides taking his bike buddies on rides around Taipei, Chen is also working on designing unique itineraries so that people from outside the city get to know its history. I'm planning an itinerary called Taipei's Mountains and Rivers that cyclists from outside the city can follow to do some sightseeing. You need a bike, but this tour of Taipei's past and present takes you to some beautiful locations. If you complete the itinerary, I think your understanding of Taipei will change. From the hills, the Taipei Basin appears completely covered in buildings, but plenty of lush greenery abounds in places not readily reachable on foot. Taking a bike ride to places can be as enriching as diving into a thousand books. So if you want to do some exercise, why not go for a ride?